Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of This Week in Innovation. Today, I'm pretty excited to announce that we are not only just an audio podcast, as, as everyone knows, but we're also video. And I've probably spent the last two months trying to figure out all this, talking to a ton of people, engaging with a, a whole lot of different aspects to add that. Now, we will always be an audio-first podcast, and um, that's not going to change. But but we think because we we talk about so much data, it would just make sense to, to begin to add some of that capabilities into, into the show. Um, today's show um, will be very, very data-centric, and I believe I've successfully added all those screenshots into the show notes that will that will render across whatever podcast catcher you're 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 looking at. Um, also, have a link to the uh, to the to the uh, PowerPoint presentation um, that is available on this week in innovations website, as well as a link to the actual video of the the podcast or the video podcast. Once I finally upload that, probably later today. So. Pretty exciting uh, times here. Uh, definitely doing an awful lot of different things. Hopefully it works. If it doesn't, let us know. If it does, let us know also. And uh, go ahead and give this show a listen. We'd love to know your thoughts related to the retail sector startup community. Well, hello, Brian. How are you doing today? Doing great, Jeff. How are you? Man, it seems like forever since we've gotten together to do uh, some recording. I've been mining the shop here in Morgan Hill, uh, California. And where have you been? You've been all over the world, I think, right? Yeah, I've been to, and then to London, and we are having quite a few customer meetings and prospect meetings and so on. So had three weeks of good meetings and I'm back. <laughs> the world has changed forever, Jeff. I don't know if you've been following the chat GPT, which is I, like basically an ML-based system that could answer questions. It's all GAN, transformer-based system that has the ability to write just like a human. And it's been phenomenal. It, I think it's come to the fact there's a lot of arguments I'm seeing on the web whether is this going to take away the writer's jobs, designer's jobs with stable diffusion and so on, right? But I think it's amazing the traction that we are seeing on it. I'm like, I think it, it hit like a million users within six days. Well, it helps when the guy that owns Twitter and has, what, 192 million followers starts ch- start tweeting about it. That certainly helps. Um, yeah, I know. I, I totally agree. But it's also phenomenal in terms of how far the AI has come in. So I'm, is that going to take my job away? It can take my writing assignments away. That's fine with me. That's all. I'm all good on that. No, I think it's just going to enhance it and make you more productive, I believe. Because what's really interesting is I think it's all coming to the fact of something called prompt engineering, right? So if you are a good writer and if you are a good researcher who knows all the facts, you can put all your facts and guide AI. Write an article, words, highlight these key points, highlight these three negatives, talk about these eight positives, talk about these three, eight like next step actions. And then you can guide the AI really well and it could generate content really rapidly. I think it'll make people more productive because a lot of times when they ask me to, the PR firms or various companies ask me to provide thought leadership pieces. And I'm like sitting in front of a blank paper and your mind is blank and you have all these ideas you want to write. But by the time you write three three lines, somebody calls you. and then you get into some business and you forget about it. This well, is really because... Well, you know, welcome to my world. That's literally how I've had to write for 20, 20 years. I And I'm well known for not liking or I love to present. I love to talk about ideas, but boy, that writing thing. So maybe, I don't know, is there an iterate solution that'll help my uh, my writing responsibilities? I, you know, I look forward to that one, Brian. 
No, I think we are integrating a lot of these chat GPT and other technologies into our local drag and drop platform in a play. But the first thing we are actually doing right now is the next version is going to be having a co-pilot. So you actually can say, I want to write a function that does A, B, and C. And it'll use the GitHub capabilities to automatically fill it. Well, right. I will volunteer to be your first writing guinea pig. So anytime you want to want to hook me up, I, I will greatly participate in that exercise. So today, Brian, we're going to talk about forces of innovation and the startup world, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Jeff. A lot has been going on, right? Because like we, since 2020, the, the pandemic, right? Digital suddenly had a big boost and you had every retailer, every e-commerce just taking off like that. And companies that are supporting the digital online infrastructure and ecosystem had amazing amounts of growth, right? Often double, triple digit growths. But some of that is now, as we can see, slowing down. And then, of course, because of the economy and the inflation and so on, the public markets and the interest rates, the public markets have taken a hit. You're seeing like about 20% down, 20 to 25% down in value for companies in terms of market caps and so on, especially companies that are not profitable have been down like 60, 70%. The same thing has been reflecting in the private company space. A lot of the like the scale-up companies, scale-up means companies that are not quite startups. They've raised money, they have revenue, but they're growing really fast. They're trying to become a high-growth company or a unicorn company. In that space, I think there is about, about 75 to 80% valuation down rounds and so on. A lot of layoffs happening in the valley. And in fact, we'll talk about all this stuff. But in, a, in addition to all that stuff, there is also a lot of technology adoption. We are still in, a, in the B2B tech space. We are in a very wide-wide market. So I'm very excited to talk about all that stuff today. Fantastic. We are a audio-first podcast, but today is a very data-centric conversation. I will make sure to get, I think I can get all the slides inside the actual show notes for the audio side. And if not, I'll have a link to where I'll host those slides. And hopefully this will be the first This Week in Innovation podcast that is a video podcast where we'll click through the slides. So any of the listeners, you can get the, you can actually see the slides Brian's talking about in, in, in various ways. And those will all be in the show notes. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. Jeff, you went through a lot to get this going. So a little bit of a, <laughs> more, a we are we are an audience, you know, we'll have an oh, this is the this, this more, is the time to start. Way, <laughs> way more than I intended, I will tell you that. But uh, it's been a fascinating journey to begin to play around in, in the world of video podcasting. Yeah, no, awesome. I learned a lot too. So I think let's let's go to the first slide, the next one. So what's really interesting is if you look at the digital transformation market, today it's about four hundred billion, right? Digital transformation is real, right? There's a lot of successes. There's also a lot of failures, just like everything that's known, right? Every organization that's a traditional organization that is actually thinking about their business, both from the consumer side as well as from the internal enterprise side, uh, they, uh, all these companies are transforming their technology to become more and more digital, right? So digital transformation is real, and we all know that, right? Just because there have been failures and different areas and a lot of talk about it, it doesn't mean nothing happened. A lot is happening in the industry, right? It's 400 billion today, 2030, it'll be 2.1 trillion. So you're looking at, you're looking at a 5X growth, right? I actually am also, Jeff, beginning to see slides and data from various analyst firms. I think a lot of firms are seeing this number too. I've even seen numbers where it's about going to about 3.2 trillion. Not 2.1 trillion, 3. Oh, revise up, not revise down. Well, what was, yeah, yeah. I mean, the firms haven't come and published these numbers yet. This, the 2.1 is what, like the general consensus among the big firms. 
But there are small, fun reports I'm seeing. I mean, the last, when I was in London, I was having dinner with an executive and I was talking about this market. And I did some research right before that meeting just to make sure I'm saying the right thing. And I saw a lot of 3.2, 3.3 numbers as well. Yeah. So this is growing. But what's really interesting here, though, is this market is growing at 25.7% KGA year over year. Amazing. So let's actually go, let's go to the next slide and let's look at what's out there. What industry or what sub-segment of an industry is growing at that rate, right? Let's look at, there we go. The winner is artificial intelligence. So digital transformation is growing at some 23-some percent, is growing 36% KGA. For AI, the horizontal AI, the use of AI, we're going to be talking a lot about AI, so, but it's a fast-growing fast sector, right? This actually means... Right from a market and analyst perspective, all the stuff you look at, Jeff, it's gonna be big, right? But regardless of the growth, there is also a genuine need that organizations are adopting AI, technologies coming out of AI, right? And then if you look at all the older segments like advertising, ads, let's see the growth, right? If you look at government military, or if you look at something like in you know, a consumer electronics, zero point eight five percent growth, very small. They are very large industries, but with very small growth, right? which is really interesting to see. We are in the forces of innovation, right? AI, IoT, blockchain, data, all these things are cranking up and they're all growing, right? Next slide, Jess. So this is actually another view that we've created. The view here is created because if you look at all the sub-industries, all the industries in this digital transformation, in this 3.1 or 2.1 trillion transformation industry world, what industries are doing what and what is their growth, right? So if you look at the thing, you can break it into two parts. One is consumer-facing. The other is industrial or 4.0-facing, right? Or back-office-facing. So if you look at segments like consumer, con commerce and shopping, right? All the retail stuff we are looking at, right? Clothing, apparel, right? Payment industry, travel and tourism, right? Food, beverage, hospital, hospitality. These are all growing. The percentages that you see there is the KGA growth, right? Annual growth, right? And then on the other side, on the manufacturing and all those things, real estate, Everything where you are, it's either it's a B2B business or it's a manufacturing type business or an inside facing, they are also growing fairly well, right? But not as fast as the consumer. The consumer is very vibrant. It's still an active, regardless of economy, recession, interest rates, it's still a very vibrant sector, right? Because American consumers are hungry. Worldwide consumers are hungry, right? So you have a lot going on there. Next slide. Yeah, let me ask a question about this slide. So I'm uh, following what you're saying here. So commerce and shopping is 11.1% growth. That is the growth of that sector, or is that the growth of digital transformation in relation to that 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 market? A uh, great question, Jeff. I should have clarified. That's the growth in that sector. Okay. So yeah, that sector. So when I look at this, we've got consumer-facing pieces of technology like payments, which for sure is in a super accelerating uh, space, and probably even more so. If it, if all the emails I'm getting from NRF are correct about all the startups that are doing payments, yeah. military at 2%, probably that actually might even be accelerating, maybe yeah. unfortunately well, with email. Especially lately, the last couple of months, a lot with, more With all that, interesting. Okay. And so how does digital transformation lay into this slide then? You're saying that each one of these industries has its own piece of digital digital global transformation that that's driving that? Yeah, absolutely. There is a, I think in a, on average, you can take whatever the 11.5 and multiply it by 25% growth. So that's version of the growth, right? And how well it's getting adapted. The other is that's assuming that it's getting up, the average is getting applied equally. 
but that may not be true in all industries. Certain industries, consumer-facing consumer-facing industries, that might be true, but it may not be true in other industries. More more backend stuff may not be true. It may okay. be much slower. Yeah. So this is actually the type of if you look at the businesses when you how you define business, right? Zero to fifty million in revenue are essentially defined as small businesses, right? The medium businesses, one to two hundred and fifty million. Then the public and the small caps, two hundred and fifty to one billion. And then the large enterprises, greater than a billion revenue, right? So if you look at how digital transformation or innovation is getting applied across them, it's, it's in the following manner, right? The SaaS solutions, like all the smaller companies, are actually using SaaS solutions. So the small businesses, medium businesses are using SaaS type solutions. And as you grow up the total pole, companies that have higher revenue and higher market caps, they are actually using custom licensed software. They're building their own platforms, right? So that's the consumption of technology. So what I mean by that is, so if you are a small business or you're a medium business, you are most likely to put an AI recommendation platform, a SaaS solution. But if you are a very large business, you would actually build, you, you might use some third-party recommendation solution, but you might connect that into your internal systems and you might have a much larger, you might even train your AI models. You might have your own personalization models trained for you, for your specific business. And it might be a much, much bigger implementation of AI. So depending on where, what your size of the business is there and your need, the consumption is going to be different as well. This is an obvious point, but I just want to show you, right? Because there's a lot of noise about SaaS business, SaaS startups in AI and all. But I think that world is bigger just than SaaS. SaaS is one part of it, but it's a, the pie is much, much bigger than SaaS. So yeah. companies selling SaaS software and you also have like software enterprise licensing companies selling enterprise software, great software as well. So, so, well, so would Salesforce be considered, I mean, Salesforce is a SaaS provider, correct? Yeah, Salesforce is a pure SaaS provider, right? They're purely cloud, purely SaaS based. But that's, that's the point I'm trying to say is that is part of the segment, right? They, of course, definitely they are very large customers, but they are also part of the segment. They are at the SaaS side of the house. Then there is also solutions that are providing edge computing, doctors providing core infrastructure, and there is AI, ML, and all those things. So some of those solution providers are not necessarily a SaaS provider. They might be a software licensing provider. They might be a, an edge compute provider, and so on and so forth. Yeah, no, I, so I'd, I would agree with that point that the smaller, the more likely they are, well, small and medium are probably 100% buying, at least at this point, SaaS solutions. They're, no one's writing their own code whatsoever. And then on the other side, the, the dark green circle being greater than a billion dollars, probably not exclusively, but a significant uh, chunk of old legacy code that they're still trying to move around and do something with. Yeah, so, or legacy or even like even modern edge. I mean, there's a lot of applications that's happening on edge. There's a lot of companies that are providing software that companies can actually customize among themselves for themselves, right? We are a, we are a classic example, right? We provide a platform that you, companies can customize. Not, you can use it like a SaaS if you want to, but you can also use it in the edge. You can use it as, as a, your own trade models and so on. There's a lot of companies doing this currently because the market needs they are very large. Okay. Yeah. And the next slide, Jeff, we can talk through it. So if you look at it, the forces of innovation, right? The forces of innovation, I've been talking about this many times, right? So you have AI, data, blockchain, IoT, and startups, right? If you look at the market, startup is in a 200, 621 billion 
AI six hundred and Brian, that's six hundred twenty-one billion. That's across all startups, all industries. That's not retail specific. Not retail okay. specific. That is actually across. That's a worldwide number, all across all startups, but all B two B startups. We are not talking about the TikToks of the world. Anything that has a B two B offering, and then and then IoT. AI. AI numbers have changed. So remember, we want to be talking about how the analyst firms have been changing AI. Started at 150 billion, went to 500, 641. I actually saw 1.2 trillion, like a few weeks back. So that just simply shows that adoption and consumption is happening, right? And also the other thing is there are two types of consumptions that are happening in AI. One is, of course, what I call the table stake consumption, which means that every retailer, every travel site has recommendation personalization. Now, if you were to be com- competitive, the natural commerce engine has truly really has to have that built into it. Right? So you got to have personalization, right? You, you may not have a fancy product finder, but you might have to have at least have personalization. So there's a lot of table stake or requirements coming from consumers who are looking at stuff and say, I, I expect this because I, Amazon gives it to me, right? Whomever I'm in Spotify, they give it to me. Why can't you personalize? Why don't you know me as Jeff Foster? There's no position requirement in consumer, right? You call up the one internet line or go into a chat bar. You expect them to know you right? very quickly without you telling a lot more. So a lot of that stuff, like kind of the stable state, companies have to keep up with, they got to do it. So it's happening. But then it's also a lot of experimental stuff where companies are looking at what can give us more competitive advantage. How do I take advantage of GANs, general adversarial networks, how do I take care of automated content writing, all the stuff we've been looking at on the chat GPT stuff, or looking at stable diffusion. How do I use this in a much more intuitive way for my brand, right? So that still adheres to the brand guidelines and so on. So that so this is actually vibrant. You can see that these are the forces within the digital transformation that is changing the world today, right? Uh, next slide, Jeff. The five forces are shown here, right? Now, always people ask me, well, Brian, these five forces, what about seven forces? Maybe there are 12 forces. Maybe there are 23 forces, right? I, if my answer to that is, yeah, it's true, right? These are like five forces which are operating in, with large market sizes, right? So this is somewhat synonymous, right? Did you could, one could argue, well, what about AR, VR, metaverse, right? Everybody talks about metaverse, right? So you, there could be additional forces into the, on top of this, and I do agree, right? There is. But this is just a synonymous for it's synonymous for much larger change that's happening in the industry. Next yeah, slide. I think it's a good framework. I thought a lot about it when you first started talking about that. I don't think I would put. I don't think metaverse really qualifies as a fundamentally transformative force. I think it's it all those technologies that make up in it really can find their home in IoT. Certainly in the startups, definitely AI. I, I don't see a need. Although I don't know if you saw it, Brian, but Gartner actually. Listed Metaverse as one of their one of their what seven or eight or nine technology strategies for 2023. So that's actually a, a pretty big deal. No, I um, agree, and I think I, I I agree with that. I think it's a you're going to have a lot of Metaverse campaigns, right? Every brand that I've spoken to has a Metaverse campaign, right? So Metaverse is going to happen by the marketing teams are going to drive Metaverse, right? And they're going to try lots and lots of campaigns. And we've seen in the past, like the publicly, the stuff that Alta did, something, Walmart did. You're going to see a lot of that type of stuff. So I think that's definitely a very interesting change that's going to happen. There was a really great presentation, I, a podcast that I listened to a week, couple of weeks back. It was from Hendrickson Horowitz, one of the metaverse authors who actually coined the frame metaverse, right? Like great views on that. In fact, Jeff, we are planning to have a really good metaverse session next 
next coming weeks. Yeah, no, it's a hot, it's a hot yeah. subject, Brian, for sure. And by the way, it's a little controversial subject too, at least amongst the influencers that I tend to hang out with. I wouldn't say it's split down the middle, but there's definitely a component that don't care for the term at all. And I think that has a lot to do with one of the characters that lives out in our part of the world and what how he's renamed his company to try to draft off all that. And I did a podcast, Brian, you haven't listened to it yet because I haven't published it yet while you were gone with one of our, one of my old friends that is really talking about the concept of immersive commerce as opposed to metaverse. So taking those individual technologies, which really are true metaverse technologies, and just really talking about the aspect of immersive commerce and taking some of the energy away from that term. I actually kind of like it a lot. It will not, it won't transcribe, it won't transform across all, all industries because most industries that will use metaverse technologies don't have a commerce component of that, but it, it, it sure works for me in retail. So that'll be something that, that I'm definitely going to be testing when I get to NRF to see where everyone's sitting with the term. If, but once garnered through that on the, on their, their key trends for key technology trends for 2023, that term will only accelerate for sure. Yeah. And I bet you're talking about Gartner and all the analysts or my, I bet you another biggest product they're going to have next. And I bet you anything they in, in a hurry, they're going to include content generation as a big category in order machine learning based content generation, especially yeah. with all the stuff that's going on with chat GPT, as well as well, all so, the stuff going on with stable, diffu stable diffusion, right? So that's interesting. I won't say any individual analyst firms in this regards, but that hits really ho close home to us in the analyst community. What do you mean yeah. automated? I mean, you're, you are now talking, it's all fun and games when we talk about robots taking away everyone else's job. Now you're talking about coming after our job. I don't know, Brian, it'll be interesting to see because the logical yeah. extension of that conversation is, well, well, wait a minute, why do I need... Why do I need your firm if I can just go out to to a chat AI and get that information? So that's going to be interesting to see how we do it. That when now finally automation hits us in our right in our sweet spot, it'll be fun. Well, I think it's, it's, it's an interesting point, but I think I feel I see I see it as it's more enhancing the jobs because today one of the things that's interesting with a lot of these chat chat type of AI content generation is that they purposefully have taken steps out of it. So like a lot of these chat generation systems, if you give it a topic, it won't give you a statistics. The human they've done it. To, for that AI to be timeless, right? So once you put a stat, you're tying it to a number, to a year and time. So they, I don't think that the, the training, like I've tried the chat GPT to give me stats on things and it never gave me any numbers on it. So it's interesting for the firms, but it can also enhance their job too, because they, now they can create a lot of content and then add their stat, statistic flavor on top of it and it becomes super. As I said, I will be your biggest fan if you can pull that off where I can get out of having to, I love looking at data. I love talking about data, but writing, writing about a table or it might be the most boring thing in the world, at least for me, I'd it's much not, sooner. What's really interesting is I ended up publishing and you will see it in the press. I actually wrote about six or seven articles that are going to become public very so through various channels. I generated the whole content. Of course, I give it attribution to ChatGPT. But then I've added a lot and lots of stats and my own personal insights into it. But now I timed myself, I could write an article, generate an article and add my view within 30 minutes. Okay. Take me three hours to do. You're going anyway, to you're gonna have to show me that one. All right, next yeah, slide. You. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. So this is where we're going to talk about the retail startups. Like there's been around like 6,000, 6,500 retail startups. And I'm just showing you the breakdown of that, right? 468 in the AI space, 222 in the IoT space, 259 in the data space, and about 199 in the blockchain sphere. This is blockchain, right, in retail, 
right? AI in retail, IoT in retail, data in retail. That's a pretty big number. It's, it's a fairly sizable number. You have some pretty good companies in there, right? Uh, well, that, it's, take, it's taken us a year to get 56 podcasts and we focus on the startup world. That's what eight or nine or 10 years worth of, of podcasts just to try to get to that number. So yeah, I'd say that's a pretty big number. Yeah, I mean, this is all around. I think I ran from 2010 onwards, I think, in the space. So I think it's pretty, pretty good. This is also, you also have to take the part of the, assuming there's 1.4 million startups every year wow. with about the that years. many? That 30% more. Yeah, 30% mortality. Yeah, wow. mortality, very high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's so at any given time, you have, I don't know, 800 to 900,000 surviving, and then maybe about a couple of hundred thriving. And if you look at unicorns, what is it like? 14, 1,600 unicorns or something? And about, I think, a series B, four series B companies, about 25, 26,000 companies every year. So there is a lot happening in terms of growth. Yeah, next slide, Jess. So here you can actually, in the last two years, because, in a, because of the pandemic, I just wanted to see if there is any change. There's not a lot of change. It's just like there's been 913 companies in the last two years. Now, Brian, let me make sure I understand. There's 913 companies that have startups that have started since 1920, or since 2020 is what you're saying here. That's what we did startups. So these are startups that were born inside the response to the pandemic. Or the, wow. Yep. Yeah. Wow. The pandemic release. Yeah. Yeah, and it's in retail. That's kind of very encouraging, right? When I'm looking at, because there was a whole finance revolution going on. I think before blockchain came crashing down, there was a whole blockchain revolution happening somewhere in the early part, right? Uh, and the NFT and everything. But I think it's interesting to see there's been 913 companies in the last two years. You know, retail is a, it's an interesting sector. It's a very interesting se segment. What's also interesting, Jeff, is also there has been enough to feed these companies, right? That also shows that Remember the very early conversation you and I had in Mama Mia's like, <laughs> yes, I said that they, because I was selling into the media industry and you said you should always start a company in retail because there is a lot more bias in retail. This is a good example. Yeah. And then AI is 35, IoT is one. That's also because IoT, it could have been, because there's a lot more IoT investments happened in the 2018, 2017 time frame. So it's a bit of a, this data is a bit of a misnomer because uh, specifically retail IoT didn't start because also a lot of the IoT retail is all actually sensors and companies that are doing Bluetooth, low energy and beacons and so on, right? which actually happened in the 2016 timeframe. That's well, why that's yeah, that's the classic deal that I used to always have vendors say, well, hey, listen, our growth rate is 30, 30 or 40%. Well, yeah, that's because you're starting from a base of zero. And so, right. so exactly. you, percentages and numbers, you definitely have to understand what, what's being referred to them. And in this case, I don't know, 913 coming out of the pandemic. And we've talked about the pandemic being really one of the great drivers of innovation in retail, um, I don't know, maybe forever. And this is what this data talks about. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then blockchain, because I think 19, 19, I think there was a bump in blockchain that happened and 20 led it to 20. That's why you have more blockchain company than AI. Right? Brian, Just do, you, do you think with the, what's happening with crypto slows down blockchain or is this blockchain more around? <laughs> I think significantly. It's going to take a while for it to recover, right? Because some of these industries live in the ESCO. Every industry, every Technology lives in the ESCO, but some of them are like more prone to the changes, right? I think blockchain and uh, NFT and all that stuff is very prone to it. And also how fast other technologies are coming, right? Because one of the things I'm very interested to see because of all the chat GPT and content generation, I bet how many, so how, I want to actually check and see how many retailers are going to jump out of the 
metaverse bandwagon into the content generation bandwagon. Because every time when a cool technology comes in, that has a lot of implication for saving revenue and consumer, the prior thing may be dropped. I'm very interested how well well metaverse survives the GPG. Do you think we will have an indication of that at NRF or is it still too early? NRF is only what, a month away? I think it's too early. Well, yeah, I think it by June, July is where we will see numbers that are believable. Yeah. So another couple of things I also want to focus on, guys, like what are the top companies in AI? There's a lot of good companies in AI that's got a lot of funding. In general retail, I think companies like Carvana, go raise a lot of money, Instacart, as you guys know, right, in the delivery space, right? And the IML companies like Standard Cognition, Bluecore, all those companies have unicorns that raised a lot of money, done quite a few deployments in there. The whole Amazon Go space, right? Competitive space to Amazon Go. I'm seeing that more and more in the apples and other places, self-checkout. There's a lot of ML capabilities that are coming in, right? And then in addition to all those stuff, you're also seeing much more sophisticated scenarios of specific product finding on creating automated work lists for associates. All those other really specific, unique cases are happening right now with ML, right? Apart from the traditional recommendation or like, you know, automated checkout, right? So it's a lot, lots and lots of innovation going on in this space, right? And I think in IoT, big data, fast growth there as well, especially with ML. I think there's a lot of data using there. Another thing I also want to highlight, this is all the positive news, growth and usage. There is also, I think, in the Valley and even out in America, we are going through quite a lot of layoffs as well, right? I think so far in 2022, there has been 148,000 layoffs. 946 tech companies have laid off 148,000 some workers, right? Meta sort of leading with 11,000, Amazon 10,000, Booking 4,300, Cisco 4,100, and Uber 3,700, and so on. The numbers have been like kind of, you've seen it, Twitter, right? Twitter has to be leading the uh, leading the pack, but, yeah, but that's, a unique that's, animal, what's happening there. But then you've seen this across, you've been seeing this across the whole industry, right? I think it's also during pandemic, I think a lot of tech companies hired a lot of people and became a little bit bloated. Now they are becoming more efficient, right? Especially companies that are, public and are not profitable, they are going to have a lot more pressure to show profitability fast. Just the YOY growth is not going to be enough for this fleet. I think the same concept is going to go into the venture capital as well, because now a lot of late stage venture capitalists are focusing on profitability. Earlier, profitability wasn't a metric, right? Their goal is like growth rate, grow this company at 200% and then we'll hand it to grandma and then make it public and then it becomes grandma's product, right? It's profitable. That's Wait. actually fully going away, right? And I think that there is a lot more focus on building more profitable companies. Well, David Sachs has been calling for that for at least the last four or five months on the All In Pod. And obviously, that's a guy that's is hardwired into the valley as humanly possible. And he's been not just talking, but screaming about that. And so anybody that had their ear to the ground knew this, this wave of layoffs was coming and is what it is. We'll see what happens going out of it. Well, what I think... Th- Starting next quarter, the January and the first quarter, things are going to pick up back again. I think in the interest rate part is going to stabilize most likely where things are going. And I think you're going to begin to see growth back again. And also companies are going to become much stronger, much more disciplined, less bloated, more focused on, and built on actual customer needs opposed to a lot of hype. Well, that's one thing that the re- a recession or whatever we're in layoffs will do is strip away the hype and get down to the nitty gritty. I don't know. It seems like that's probably a nice outcome of a not a pretty process. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's sort of outcome is required at three markets, right? It makes the market more efficient, companies more efficient, and people offerings more stronger. Yeah. So I'm very hopeful, Jeff. 
when things are going to look better, very soon we'll see where all these technologies are going, especially all these chat, all these new AI-generated content. In fact, I am more gung-ho on the AI-generated content and general AI opposed to metaverse because I think they, they are growing in rapid pace. Well, I think if I'm, as I'm getting deeper into that, the AI aspect is in, will be in every piece of every software written going forward, if not already, where the metaverse is more of, if you like the term immersive commerce, there's a piece of that, but the metaverse won't be spread across every retail organization in every aspect. So yeah, I mean, I think that's probably a pretty safe bet. I think, I think they both can evolve and will evolve. Yeah, um, yeah well, and even metaverse, right, in the, with this automated AI content, GAN-based generations. You may end up having metaverses generate automatically, right? You can study all the prior games and studios and everything. You don't need a studio anymore to build these metaverses. Where the metaverses generate automatically using a general, general adversarial networks would start creating metaverses as you go into. Well, there's a lot of crazy world. It's, I wonder how this is going to look like in a few years when you when movies are generated. Every movie that you have in Netflix is basically a piece of a movie that is generated by an AI. It's going to be really interesting. I mean, where does you're going to have AI actors, AI generated synthetic characters, right? Uh, and every character is going to be doing stunts. The stunt crews are even better because they are not really hanging off a plane. They are. <laughs> the AI is generating it, right? So you're going to have like crazy stunts and bloated CGI's. And it's going to be super interesting how the world is going to look. So in bringing this all together, we see a, well, well let me say what Brian says, then I'll respond to it. Brian, in, in bringing this all together, not only a very aggressive and active startup world inside the retail sector, focusing on the retail sector, but you also see that that continuing to push into 2023, clearly some layoffs, clearly some re, redefinition. But if you're talking from a base of 913 that have just started in the last two years, that's a pretty active space, to say the least. Yeah, no, 100%. Great summary, Jeff. I would even say one level above, I would go as far as saying digital transformation is very aggressive, right? It's happened. Whether you believe digital is real or digital is, companies are failing in digital or succeeding, the data shows that digital is doing well, okay. right? And it's, we're going to grow 5x. And retail is going to be a part of that, right? And then just like every other industry. And then startups within retail are going to be healthy. And then you're going to get it with all the stuff that's going on AI, content generation and all. You're going to see an uptick of a lot more usage of technology. And then everything is going to become stable state. So now when your nine-year-old can generate an article for school without writing. I don't everything. think we want to encourage that. I think that sounds like it's something that we do not want our students to do. But man, no, oh know. man. Man, oh man. Also in Gautam, like where he doesn't want to send take-home assignments anymore. <laughs> Actually, that's true. You might have to get the the OG on 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 the pod and talk about what that means for college education because yikes, holy smokes. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Well, Brian, I don't know about you, but I'm definitely ramping up for NRF. I'm seeing tons of emails coming in, requesting time at the show. So hopefully this is going to be a return to NRF greatness. I mean, hopefully, I don't know if we've put COVID behind us, but we definitely are co are living with it. So I'm expecting big things. I think you're back there. I know I'm back there. And uh, hopefully we'll get some we'll get some pods out of the NRF proper. No, it'd be awesome, Jeff. Looking forward to it. Sounds NLP. good. Yes. And then you are going to be a very tired person going to, to <laughs> Holy smokes. Five, four, five, four days in Las Vegas for CES sounds like about a, uh, probably an eternity. And then on top of NRF, man, that's a super aggressive schedule. Yeah, Good maybe one, one day I can send my synthetic person to <laughs>
<laughs> oh boy. I, I yeah. Anyways, good deal. Well, exciting stuff for sure. Challenges, but an exciting time. Moosh pushing into 20, 2023. Brian, good luck in that. We'll see you at the, on the next pod. Awesome, Jeff. Thanks as always. It's been a fun discussion. If you guys have any questions, send us, send me or Jeff a note. Happy to respond. Take care, guys. Sounds good. Bye. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. For more info, refer to the pod notes below. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a five-star rating and review. It really helps us grow. I'm your host, Jeff Roster, analyst at large. If you want to connect, follow us on Twitter at JeffPR or at Brian Sathanation, or connect with us on LinkedIn. Visit my website at roster.retail.com or brians at Until next time, stay safe and have a great week.